One down. Four wins to go. Four more. Well, I mean, look at it this way, man. You are six wins away from a Super Bowl appearance right now. All th- yeah, uh, if, if all things remain the same. You got it. If you win yeah. six straight, you're in the Super Bowl. If you yep. lose a game in the regular season, you still have six wins to make it to the Super Bowl, which yep. is a little bit of a mind F. Yeah, a little bit. It's Let's Go Duffalo and Odyssey Podcast, Buffalo Football, Ooh. Lifestyle. There's Ryan Duffy. My oh. name is Pat Duffy. You're all bills out this. I, I, I am. I didn't plan it, but I also have realized at the beginning of this season, actually, that if I, for whatever reason, like, you know, if the team ever moved or like whatever the case, like I would have to buy a completely new wardrobe. Yeah, I had the, I had the same realization. Uh, yeah. Although you are wearing, real quick before we get into this Jets game. Sure. Um, you're wearing your... One not done. Yes. Yeah. A division champion. Is that from two years ago or last year? That is from the first division title that they had won in 25, 15 years, whatever it was. Now, I understand everybody got all excited. I did the same thing. We all ran Mm -hmm. in the internet to grab stuff as soon as they beat the Steelers and locked up the division. Yep. I was worried about buying that sweatshirt because I thought it was a jinx. Interesting. Because, you know, yeah, I figured it's like one not done. One, though, it could be one and done. Right. Like, I wasn't going near that sweatshirt. Yeah. Um, I thought about that, too. For me, though, it was like my my wife actually talked me into it. I'm not a big, um, you know, full disclosure that in this, this, this hoodie is way overpriced. Yeah, bro, they were like $90. It's yeah, it's $90 for a hoodie. That's not even like the best quality, to be honest. Um, but, and when it showed up, I was actually a little disappointed and it showed up much, much later. I think like right many weeks into the postseason because however they have to print them, whatever the case. Um, but when it showed up, I was like, oh, this is kind of poor quality, but it was the first one in what? How many? However many it. years, and my it. wife's like, "You have to buy it. I like, would, even if it's a fluke one year thing, it's like you gotta have it." I know. I spent two hundred fifty dollars on playoff merchandise the first year. And Crazy. Then I, the next year, I was like, <laughs> "Oh what? no, stupid." Yeah. So let's get into this Bills game against the Jets on Sunday. Sloppy, I think, is the word to describe. You know how we like them sloppy. The defense is the name of the game, and it's a weird defensive performance because the Bills' defense was dominant. Yeah, they held the Jets to 10 offensive points. The Mm -hmm. Jets struggled moving the ball up and down the field. Yet, Mike White, despite missing a bunch of times, still threw... And several ribs. Okay, we'll get to that. He threw the ball 44 times for 268 yards, which is not great when it comes to yardage thrown and amount thrown in yardage. But where did those 268 yards come from? Yeah, even you saying that just now... I really don't know where those came up. Right? No, I'm, I'm being serious. Like, yeah. I, I, okay. And then you had their undrafted free agent rookie running back, who they would not stop talking about during the game on right. the broadcast. <laughs> right. right. Uh, Bam Knight had 71 yards rushing and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, they were at least at one point in the game over 50 percent on third down conversions. They mm-hmm. hit some long ones, which has been the bane of the Bills' defense all uh, season long. I'll take third. I, we can get into it later, but like every time it's third and long lined up, it's like. Give me third and four. Seriously, Give me third like, and three. How about a new defensive strategy where you don't let them get into third and twelve because you're not? They're going to convert to third and twelve. Right. You're man. playing better on third and four. I agree. But sorry, you were saying. No, I mean, I, I they had nothing to show for it. The Jets, like, despite all of the things we just told you, the Jets had nothing. It was the definition of a bend but don't break defensive performance. Yeah, and that might be the way the Bills had to play. With that Jets defense staring at them across the field. Good defense, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I mean, let's just we're, I mean, shorten the game. Mm-hmm. Let them have what they're going to have. And as soon as they get inside the 30-yard line, clamp it down. Because that's what the Bills did. 
So you think that there was a uh, a loose mentality on the defensive side of the Bills ball? Don't get beat over the top. Okay, that's the plan. Which I guess is the is the um, the output of the, like that that looser play, and not like you want them to advance down the field and then you tighten up when you're you know outside of the red zone. But uh, but yeah, no, I mean I guess that is that makes sense what you're saying, and it worked out. And, but it seems like both defenses were doing that all game long. Like they started off the game, God, it was it was painful to watch at points, yep. right? The Bills were moving the ball and they were having plays every once in a while, but they couldn't string them together because the Jets didn't want to get beat over the top. Right. It wasn't until the Bills were going into halftime where they started stringing those short plays across the middle together, mm-hmm. you know, and it all ended up working out for them. This is I I should have looked this up ahead of time, but just from the eyeball test. The Bills do such a great job at two-minute pre-halftime yes. Yes. offense. And you so, know, so much so when they came out of halftime, they ran their hurry-up offense just as the normal offense. I mean, it, 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 I, I don't know what it is, if, if it's those short passes or just the sense of urgency or, or whatever the case. Maybe not playing with so much pressure at that point because it's a tie game and you're just trying to get points. I think we... It, we uh, we were giving the ball to the Jets at half anyway, so it's like we got to capitalize. If we're going to score, we got to do it now. I mean, it could be the mentality part of it. I think I think it comes down to basic. The Bills have so many weapons that if you can't sub in situational football, you're going to get beat. Yeah, right. If you if the Bills keep their base offense on the field, they can do so many things with Diggs and Davis and Isaiah McKenzie and Singletary and Cook and whoever else out there. Dawson Knox, right? Like. You can't just line up and beat them. You have to put the right guys on the field to do it. And if you can't sub out, you're in trouble. Yeah. But I guess, like, and maybe this is just a stupid take, but, like, why don't we see that throughout the rest of the game? Well, because it's, I mean, you have, it's risk-reward, right? Like, if it works, yeah. you're moving the ball. If it doesn't, it's you, a quick three and out. you have a three and out in 15 right seconds. Yeah. A 15-second three and out. I mean, that's how the Dolphins open the game their first three drives, they tried to go up tempo, and they had the ball for a total of like a minute and thirty seconds, mm. as opposed to the Chargers' ten minutes of possession time. Yeah, I but, mean, I'm I'm in no I'm no offensive coordinator, but I mean that makes sense, you know, as far as like you want to set some kind of tempo, play the script that you think is going to beat the team, and if it does, awesome. If not, you know what you can lean back on. But we'll get more to the Dolphins sure. later. Okay, so we talked about Mike White. You brought up his ribs. How the hell did they allow Mike White to keep playing in that game? I, that's a good question. You're talking like the Jets. The Jets. Yeah. Um, so just, no, good question. Ed I don't Ol- know. Ed Oliver knocks him out of the game initially yep. with a ridiculous hit up under his ribs. Here comes Flack attack. So Joe Flacco comes in. Flacco goes back out. Mike White's <laughs> back in. All right, Matt, Matt, Mike White's back. Matt Milano then proceeds to break him in half. Yeah. Great tackle. Okay. Jenna Cottrell from 13 Wham had the tweet of the uh, day yesterday. Quote, huh, Matt Milano just cracked... Mike White like a glow stick. <laughs> like he, he looked like he was turning neon green. Yeah. Like after he got hit like that. He was hit so hard. Matt Milano hit him so hard that his head literally slammed on the back of Matt Milano. Oh. Like he just completely collapsed like a folding table. Yeah. But some all right, so he comes out of the game again. They take him back into the locker room. Somehow he comes back out of the locker room and finishes the game. Thank you, Toradol. Okay, seriously. <laughs> But you can see it on his face. So I don't care how much you shoot him up with whatever. I mean, you could see every single play was laboring for him. Every single time he went to the floor, it was laboring for him. So you could even see in that hit where Milano comes through. Now, Milano's in a full sprint, untouched. As soon as he touches his midsection, 
The look on his face is pure agony. Yeah, for sure. And you understand why Mike White wants to keep coming back into that game. He's No doubt. He wants to play for his teammates. I mean, and then comes the business decision. I mean, the guy's a backup quarterback. He knows that if he doesn't finish this game, Zach Wilson can get the job back next week and he never sees the field in the NFL ever again. Yep. So I don't fault Mike White for playing through what he did. I wouldn't, I don't even not fault him. I, I commend him. Like from a, for, I, I don't think anyone would disagree. Like, you know, the, the performance that he put up last year, you know, you see Mike White's going to be the start against the Bills. You see yeah. that he's going to be the starter, and you're like, awesome. Here's a five-turnover game coming here. It's a get-right game for the Bills' defense, you know, whatever, just the Bills in general. He played his absolute guts out. Literally. It, <laughs> literally. Um, nothing but respect. And and you saw it from the from the Bills' players post-game. I mean, Shaq Lawson had nothing but good things to say about him as well. And Shaq Lawson is not at a loss for any kind of words when it comes to uh, uh, his his either former teams or his opponents. We'll actually so. touch on that a little further later in the show. It is funny. Daquan Johnson, they asked him, you brought up that. Mm-hmm. Somebody had asked him, you know, do you have uh, the respect you have for Mike White after that game? And he was like, yeah, okay. He's <laughs> <laughs> kicked his ass for four quarters. Yeah, okay. Yeah, respect. Back. Okay, fine. Mike White does his thing. Where's the adult in the room? Yeah. I'm How does Sala let the head coach of the Jets, Robert Sala, let him keep going back out on the field and doing yeah. that? How? Like, that's a human being. And here's the other slap in the face. For You forget. People forget Zach Wilson did not start the season for the Jets. He was hurt in the preseason. Mm-hmm. They went with Joe Flacco. Yeah. In the beginning of the season, they believed that Joe Flacco gave them the best chance to win. Now, all of a sudden, it's Mike Knight Central. Mm-hmm. Mike White Central. I was going to say, White I was Knight. waiting for I was, the nickname. I got mixed but... up with the New York Post article. <laughs> like... You didn't think this guy was good enough to start opening day, and now you're risking his death. And I'm not over-exaggerating because Mike White left the Bills game right after in an effing ambulance to make sure he didn't have internal injuries. So explain to me how in the third quarter he's okay enough to go play in an NFL game, Mm -hmm. which is a car wreck on every play. Yeah. Yet, as soon as the game is over, they have to put him in an ambulance in his uniform to make sure he's not internally bleeding. First of all, you just said uniform, and that's funny. Also, um, yeah, no, man, I'm with you. And I think like the, the only thing that comes to mind is like obviously the NFL and all the you know all the teams are focused on head injuries, right? Sure. So like if he's not in it, taking like a if if anything is hurt other than his brain potentially let him play like it, it goes to the player and and just like a head injury like any NFL player who is playing for all of the circumstances that you just mentioned for Mike White of course they're going to stay in the game well that's just it like okay and here's here's where it gets stupid here's where it gets stupid i i the head thing and by the way the head thing wasn't even really a focus until what happened with Tua this year cuz he obviously had yeah, a concussion no doubt but i'm saying like when you're saying like where's the adult in the room like unless he has concussion symptoms or someone spots it like they're going to let him keep playing. If he says he's good to go, he's good to go. All right, there's a difference between a guy having a knee injury and wanting to go. Take me up, shoot me up, let's go. Sure. But go, an elbow, a shoulder, whatever. Like that, it's going to have an effect down the road. It may lower your quality of life running around with your kids or your grandkids. Who who had his pinky lopped off uh, in the, was it San Francisco? Ronnie Lott had his Ronnie finger Lott, cut off. thank you. Like, come on, yeah. But like, I mean, when it comes to your abdomen, your chest, and your head, Somebody has to be there to be like, yo, you're done. Your lung, your lung can get punctured. A spleen can get ruptured. Yeah. No, I, I'm I mean, with Drew you. The internal, bl- internal bleeding. Yeah. No, yeah. Drew Bledsoe legitimately almost died on yeah. the field bleeding out after the head from Mo Lewis. For sure. Right? And they thought he just had a concussion. He was going to be cleared to go play football again. Yeah. Now, you bring up a good point. Like, I'd be curious to know if the, you know, if those spotter rules or just, you know, like health protocols in general ever do expand out to 
anything other than head injuries. I mean, I hate to say it, but like it may take like a catastrophic event for that to be just like we have seen with with the the prevalence of CTE and and head injuries in general. Well, but the CTE thing didn't even move the needle enough. It took two a literally almost dying on a field on yeah. national television. If that game wasn't in primetime, I don't think you would have seen what happened with two. It's a good after. point. It, it wouldn't be as publicized as it was. Maybe not. I don't know. But, but you you make a good point. And a- if anyone's watching football when that's going on, like that's the only game that's going on in town. Yeah, like everyone's watching that so getting away from all that the other weird part of this game against the jets on sunday offensively for the bills nobody had a great game no josh was under 150 yards passing uh he was also their leading rusher with 47 yards on the ground yeah dawson knox was your leading receiver with 41 yards and a touchdown it was very harvard 1935 football <laughs> student body left student body right muddle huddle well no i mean what yeah quarterback duva 147 <laughs> yards and led the road on the ground with 47 yards rushing miraculously put the ball behind his head and <laughs> threw it through the air to make a completion <laughs> is what i'm being told it's called is that the weather elements or is that the Jets defense? So, I I mean, I think it's the Jets defense, if I'm being honest. The Jets have, have a really good defense. C.J. Mosley, again, like he was earlier in the season, mm-hmm. is everywhere on that field. He is an absolute elite player. Of course, you know, it was kind of miserable weather. Kind of miserable. It looked Drops pretty, all over the place. It looked pretty poor. Uh, but McDermott said it himself, and of course, every coach well, is—they're not going to tell. All right, okay, fine. He's not going to use the the weather as a crutch, but like you know, he said it himself. It is weird though. Like I think McDermott wants to win games the way the Bills won on Sunday, and you have all these offensive weapons, arguably the best weapons in the NFL, mm-hmm. and he wants to win every game playing this physical three yards at a time kind of football. Low risk, low reward. Grind him down. Control the clock. They did it against New England two weeks ago. They did it against the Jets last week. Mm-hmm. And I know it's frustrating for fans, and maybe it's a bad move in the long term. But it might play well for the Bills if they hold on to the first overall seed in the AFC because, you know, I mean, the weather's been bad in Buffalo the last couple weeks. It may get worse. Yeah. You can win games like that in really bad weather. It's just weird that you don't have the horses to get it done. Like a dominant run game. You've been having trouble on the offensive line. The Bills couldn't get the run game going at all no, running yeah, back-wise against the Jets on Sunday. Naheem Hines still at negative yardage on the season, if I recall. I don't think he busted anything. No, I think he might be post-Reggie Bush levels. Ooh. Reggie Bush. Is I know ne- he's... Uh, Reggie Bush ended with negative five. I thought it was negative two, but we it can could look be, that up. Uh, no, I think it is negative. Yeah, no, you're right. It is negative two. Um, now, granted, Reggie Bush had a whole 16... 16? Yeah, 16 game season at that sure. point. Well, but he only played in a... It doesn't matter. Either way. But, yeah, no, not a good run game from the Bills yesterday. James Cook also just, like, eating it left and right. And, again, kudos to the Jets' defense. Like, they, mm. they played well. Cook um, four carries for six yards. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, not a great nine. game. I mean, uh, okay. yeah. I do want to get into some audio before we move on from the game of Jets head coach Robert Sala because I don't think I like this guy anymore. Interesting. You didn't have a lot of pleasant things to say about him last week, if I recall. Like, the last couple of weeks, like, you know, he came in, young guy. I was, you know, okay, okay, maybe he's tough, fun. I think he's a clown. Huh. And I would like to play you audio from the post-game press conference he did after the game in Buffalo. Obviously, I, I love our guys. They fight their tails off. But I, I think I speak for everyone in that we're missing out. Uh, we're going to see these guys again, so. What makes you say that? I just think we are. I think our team is is good enough. We got a obviously it's week to week, but uh, we got a good football team. 
We're we're gonna see these guys. Ooh. Again. We're 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 gonna we're gonna see these guys. Again. I mean, it's there's a obviously there's a chance there. You would but. have to win a playoff game unless the Bills lose the first overall seed. Yeah. Can you imagine AFC Championship game in uh, in Orchard Park against the Jets? They're gonna go on an epic run from I mean, the last I, seed. I mean, unless they are, yeah, so they yeah, would have if, to win two playoff games. I was gonna say, like on they, the road. Yes, or they would have to be the last seed, and you know the seven, right? Yeah, and win one playoff game. Oh, obviously that wouldn't be the AFC Championship game, but like, yeah, no, I no, I they would have saying. to win two road playoff games if that were the case. Yes, yeah, 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 for exactly. sure. Yeah, well, yeah. no, and they would see Buffalo before the AFC Championship game because Buffalo would get them as the lowest seed, so they would get them in the divisional. In, oh, that's a good point. Didn't think about that. <laughs> so yeah, okay, all right. Look, the Zach Wilson benching was a bad move by Robert Sala, just completely not dressing him. And that was highlighted yesterday by the fact that your quarterback, his insides were leaking, and all you had was Joe Flacco, and you were so terrified of Joe Flacco playing. Like, if you dress Zach Wilson as a backup, you don't put Mike White's life in danger during that game yesterday. I would be curious. to. I, obviously, I agree, but hindsight's twenty twenty. I wonder who, and I don't think we'll ever know this, like, who, what position did they fill with only having... Not, I shouldn't even say only having. Most teams will dress two quarterbacks, two quarterbacks in a game. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, instead of dressing Joe Flacco, you dressed Zach Wilson. Like, yeah, maybe that would help the the Flacco turnover and the poor performance of Joe Flacco when he did have to spell Mike White. But, yeah, but but you're also giving up a roster spot to, what, dress three quarterbacks? No, but, like, okay, don't on. dress Flacco. Dress your second overall pick They're from done last with him. Year. They're done with him. Okay. You know that. Well, you picked him, though, you idiot. Like, you gave up on this kid in less than two See, He hasn't played a full season of football games. That that point I agree with you on. So, so circumstantially with the game yesterday, like, you, you had to make your point as far. And, okay, actually, you know what? I come around. I, I, I have come around. I do agree with you on this, and I think he did screw it up. If you were going to make a point, y- your point has been made. Thank He's you. been inactive for two games now, right? Or t- yesterday or Sunday was three. Um but at that point, let's just, let's just say like you want to dress him just as your backup, right? You did draft him. You're essentially just saying this guy's absolutely done without a full NFL season underneath his belt. Mm. If you just think he's a bad, bad locker room guy, non-glue guy, you know, whatever the case and you're done with him, fine. You're, you're prerogative, your team, you do what you got to do. But, um, but yeah, no, just, it just, it does seem a bit premature, but like, I don't think it's the answer. Don't get me wrong, but, but like between that move, everything with letting Mike white back in the game twice, like this unearned bluster, like we're going to play tough. Who are you? What have you done in this league, man? Yeah. You've done nothing. You've done absolutely nothing. He's very Rex Ryan. He's got so? a whole bunch of Rex Ryan to him. Interesting. I don't know. I, and here's the funniest part. I have some more audio I'd like to play you. Please. Someone should have told his players what Robert Sala meant when he said, we'll see the Bills again. Because wide receiver, Jets wide receiver Garrett Wilson was asked what he thought about seeing the Bills again after Robert Sala said what he said. Uh, This was his response. Sala just told the media that we're going to see these guys again in the Bills. So obviously that means playoffs. What do you take away from that when your head coach says that publicly? Um, Yeah, I mean, we, we expect to, you know, I mean, I don't know. Uh, Solid said we're going to see him again and hope we're going to see him again. I don't know. Um, I don't know how this schedule and stuff works. You know, for real. I thought this was the last time we played him for the year. He meant the playoffs? What day? Two seed? We the seven? No, they're the one right now. Like, so, yeah, be the seven. Yeah, you know, I hope so. I hope we get to see him again. Um, we, we, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. He's saying he's confident you guys are going to make the playoffs. I were. Me too. Me too. No, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, um, yeah, no, for sure. Me too. So what? 
Give the kid a break. No, I don't feel. Give the kid a break. He walked right into him. a bear trap. I'm not laughing at him. I do feel bad for him because he had no idea. What I'm laughing <laughs> at is like Robert talking. Hey, we're gonna do. It. We're gonna come back. We're gonna do it again. Was, yeah, man. Yeah, sure. Not sure. dude. That's Probably. on the that's on the reporters no, it's at not that the point. One hundred percent. I'm gonna play up front what the reporter said. The reporter clearly said what he meant. You ready? Solid just told the media that we're going to see these guys again in the Bills. So obviously that means playoffs. You heard that. Of course. The dude just played an NFL game and played played really well. Had a ton of catches. He did. Um, give the guy a break. No, Come look, on. All I'm saying is, if you want to come in here with this bluster, is that go, we'll see you again. Like, you were like, oh, wait, 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 wait. I thought that was, that was the second time we played him, right? Like, where you played three I division do, games? I do love, it's It's very much, um, uh, oh, gosh, who's the, the back for... Uh, the Steelers, who was like, uh, I I didn't really didn't understand the overtime. Oh, no, rules. Donovan McNabb oh, did not know that there was maybe you could tie a game. That's maybe that's it. Um, it, it is very it's 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 endearing to have him like uh, hear the wheels turning of like, <laughs> I thought I thought we only play divisional teams twice, but like maybe this. I mean, the rules are changing. They added another. Well, week. he's a rookie, right? Of course, Gary is a rookie, so he doesn't right. know how this stuff will work. But like, he's that's like, funny. But it is funny, like because we've all had those moments where like I know I'm right, but I might not be, right. and all of these cameras <laughs> are in my face right now. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. he means playoffs. Oh yeah, we're making the playoffs. Sure, yeah, well, why not? Yeah, why not? Why oh, not? poor guy. <laughs> You brought up uh, Shaq Lawson. Yes. And how Shaq attack. Shaq Lawson loves to tell you when he's been wrong and let you know when he did well. And that's exactly what he did yesterday in that game against the Jets. We got some more audio we got to play of Shaq after the game. And I think you can make the argument that Shaq has had so far one of the strangest Bills careers in franchise history. Yeah. We get into the rest of them. Next, let's go Duffalo on the Odyssey app where we get your podcast. one of our favorite Buffalo Bills. He's a man whose Buffalo Bills career has been quite strange. It's had an interesting arc. And he's not alone. It's Let's Go Duffalo on the Odyssey app where you get your podcast. He's Ryan Duffy. My name is Pat Duffy. Hello. Uh, we're gonna... I changed it up. No, you didn't. It's the same thing. Hello. We have to get into what's making Ryan sad in about 15, 20 minutes. We have to get into, we brought up the weather a little while ago. Mm-hmm. Home game weather has been insane the last three weeks. Primetime game against Miami coming up. Woo. How do you keep yourself warm, Ryan? Hi, are you asking? Well, we're going to get to it. Oh, let's get it. I can give you an answer right now. But before we get to that, extra motivation for one particular Buffalo Bill on Sunday against the Jets. That would be uh, defensive end Shaq Lawson. Mm-hmm. He's bounced around since leaving the Bills to sign a big money free agent deal with Miami. So for those who don't know, Shaq Lawson was a first round pick. God, what? Seven years ago now? Six, seven years ago? 2016. Okay. I think. So he shows up at Buffalo and he's a disappointment for the first couple of years. Mm -hmm. He gets put in McDermott's system and he plays unbelievably well. But by that point, the Bills had already passed on exercising his option. They couldn't afford to re-sign him, so they let him walk. Mm -hmm. Signs a big money free agent deal in Miami. That doesn't work out. Ends up getting traded to Houston. That doesn't work out. Ends up getting traded to the New York Jets last season. And this is where the story gets interesting. Shaq had a sack on Mike White yesterday. And when he did, he let the Jets sideline know about it. Like, all of them. 
Yeah. Like he ran up and down the field, like individually pointing at Jets players and coaching staff, yelling something about it. I love too when I don't know, I can't remember if he's done it or if he did it yesterday, but he kind of does the um um like the Mick Jagger run, like the chicken run with his hands behind his back. It's like, oh, I'm pointing at you. <laughs> Shaq was asked about his excessive celebration after the sack yesterday. This is what Shaq Lawson had to say in postgame. This game was a little personal for me. You know, I took this to heart. You know, um, I got cut last year or the last game of the season before we played Buffalo. I mean, I feel like it was just a shot to my face. So when I made that play, when, when I, every time I made, I let, just let the whole sideline over there hear me and feel me. Sideline, after that shot, oh, why I celebrate so long? I probably ran 50 yards. But I, was just him know. <laughs> I still got it. You know what I mean? <laughs> So that's that's hilarious. I did not realize that he got cut before they played the Bills. The week before they played Buffalo. That's if if that if that was designed, that's a bit like I'd take that personally too. You know. Well, I mean, it's the genius of Robert Sala, like we were just talking about. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. Shaq Lawson has had one of the weirdest Bills careers ever. Because he comes in with a lot of expectation being a first-round pick. Mm -hmm. He is a massive disappointment for the coaching staff that drafted him. McDermott finds a way to make him work, but he's gone. He makes no noise with any other team. He plays on three rosters in three seasons. Yeah. Comes back as an also-ram, right? Mm -hmm. Low money free agent in the offseason. He was a training camp bubble player. Yeah. He was not active opening day against the Rams. He did not dress. Mm -hmm. And the last couple of weeks, not only has he been contributing, he's been playing out of his mind. Yeah. Like both times he's been in Buffalo. He's been written off until they needed him. And then both times they needed him, he's come through. He didn't write back. He was written off, but then he but he didn't write back. Geno Smith earlier this season. It's almost like Shaq Lawson does his best work when people think he can't do it. Most people do. Does that make sense? It does. Do you think Shaq Lawson has had the weirdest Bills career in franchise history? Um, I don't know. It's been interesting only because of you know literally everything you just said. Ha! Um, but yeah, no, I mean it's it's been pretty interesting. But two points I want to make with Shaq Lawson. Okay. One. When he left in free agency to the Dolphins, I saw, and maybe this is par for the course for most players, especially ones that are drafted as a first or you know a first round pick. Um, but he had nothing but good things to say about Buffalo. You know, they didn't exercise his fifth year option, which you could take as a slap in the face. Things didn't work out as well, and you could you know point fingers and, and blame at you know whoever you want. That may not go over so well with you. But and, and we saw, as we've talked about on the show before, a lot of parting shots when people leave the, the western New York area. Shaq had nothing but good things to say about the organization, about the fans, went out of his way to um, you know, to to like show his love for everyone. Everyone. Obviously then bounced around to two other teams, three other teams. Wanted to come back to Buffalo. Well, okay. I wanted mean, to come back. And and maybe maybe 
there were no other offers well, out no, there. I mean, I get now that Buffalo's a destination you would want to come back here. I get that. But, but, uh, maybe, you, had, I, you had your career season in Buffalo under this staff. Fair enough. I didn't think about it from like a competitive standpoint of like maybe people want to come here. My point was more thinking of like you see it with two guys lined up next to each other in Jordan Phillips and in Shaq Lawson. Both had the opportunity to come back to Buffalo. Made it very clear that they wanted to come back to Buffalo. But Jordan Phillips, another guy. Now, he wasn't drafted by the Bills, so it's no, kind of different yeah. here. But like another guy who had the best season of his career as a Buffalo Bill yeah. under need this defensive coordinator and this defensive head coach. Yeah. So yeah, I would get why you want to come back. Sure. Play maybe for another contract. But I, I my the whole point I'm trying to make here is that like he wanted to come back. He's always liked Buffalo. I, so I don't know if it's 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 almost like a like a nice poetic career sure. arc, but I don't know. I wouldn't know weird. I don't know about weird. Okay, so let's get into the weirdest Bills careers cuz you have a couple that make you scratch your head. So you have the position changers. Let uh, we'll put them into different categories. Okay. We'll start with Aaron Williams. You remember Aaron Williams? Of course. Okay. Draft bus is a corner and he gets moved to safety, and he becomes a great safety while learning to play safety on the job. All of a sudden, you have this defensive backfield that's unstoppable, and Aaron Williams is the arguable spirit, arguable, arguably the spiritual leader, hard-hitting, ball-hawking safety. Yeah. And just when things are rounding into form in his career, Jarvis Landry ends it, and we never see him again. I will. I don't see a future where I don't have... It, it hates a strong word, severe animosity toward Jarvis Landry for the rest of his career and post-playing career. Completely unnecessary crackback block. I it, absolutely Away from the play, I think the play was over. Aaron Williams isn't even looking. like it. That is the definition. Like He should have been ejected from that game. You ended that man's career. Like that's that is that at the very like that was the second one right because he had that that like diving tackle on Edelman where he originally hurt his yeah. neck that was that was before right yeah okay you ended that man's career you took away that man's ability to to play the game that he's trained his whole life for you should feel like absolute garbage Jarvis Landry so weird career then. Why is it what? what? That's what we're talking about is weird Bill's career. Oh, no, of course. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting, no. I, I'm sorry, what? No, no, no. I'm sorry. I get very passionate about that because, like, Aaron Williams is a great dude and Jarvis Landry on an illegal hit, on a completely unnecessary hit. It's I don't, one there thing, wasn't a flag on that, and, by the way. Uh, that's even worse. And I remember seeing, like, Jarvis Landry, like, on the field, you know, like, like while Aaron Williams is down, like, like showing, like, remorse. But, like, I'm sorry, dude, that doesn't do it for me. And then when I see him on Hard Knocks where it's like, oh, you know, we got to work hard and all this stuff, like, I, I'm sorry. There's nothing you can do that could get back into my good grace. Okay, so we're getting away from Aaron Williams. Sorry. Uh, do you remember George Wilson? I know the name. Undrafted free agent wide receiver. The Bills were his second stop. Uh, he made the team as a wide receiver and played for two years in Buffalo as a wide receiver that barely dressed. They moved him to safety before his third year because he wasn't going to make the team as a wide receiver. Right. And he thrived. His first start ever at safety, he had a pick six on Sunday Night Football. He picked off Tony Romo in that massive Cowboys game where the Bills ended up losing. So, yeah, I was there. He was also great. Yes, you and we were there together. He was also great coming off the edge on blitzes. I believe he and Lawyer Malloy are the only two safeties to have multiple sack seasons back-to-back. Interesting. Um, you know what's funny, too? Because, like, I knew George Wilson as a as a defensive player, but when you said, like, drafted as a wide receiver, or was playing... Undrafted wide receiver. He was, he was signed receiver, as yeah. a... From the, uh, the Lions signed him out of the draft as an undrafted. He caught on with the Bills the next season. When you started that, that description, I was like, oh, I'm not thinking of the right person. But that's crazy that he was brought in as a wide receiver, and they're like, you know what? 
maybe you should play safety. Here's what's crazy. And it works out. He played seven years in Buffalo as a safety yeah. and then ended up leaving, tried to make the Titans team and didn't do it. Like mm-hmm. his, his career was just like receiver safety. Wow, look at how good he is and he's done. Yeah. It's over. Is he good by Buffalo standards at that at that time? You know what I mean? Like we're talking, you know, the the mid to early, early to mid 2000s, right? Yeah. I mean, look, if you you can bang on the Bills for a lot of stuff over the years. The Bills have always had really good defensive back play. Yeah. Right? Nate yeah. Clemens. Uh, Jerry Bird. Yeah, Antoine Winfield, Aaron Williams. I mean, the safeties and the corners have always been pretty damn good. Yeah, Gilmore. So then you have guys that left and came back. We talked about Shaq Lawson. We talked about Jordan Phillips. He's doing it now. Mm-hmm. Peerless Price. Mm. Peerless Price gets his money playing next to Eric Mould. So much so the Bills weren't going to be able to afford him. Mm-hmm. So he goes to the Falcons for a first-round pick, and he's going to be their number one guy. Doesn't live up, up to expectations in Atlanta. And he ends up back in Buffalo to finish his career. He's one of these, like, what could have been stars in Buffalo if they would have figured out a way to either pay him or if he would have taken less to stay. I don't blame him not taking less to stay. But it really makes you wonder what this team could have been during the drought years if you would have had Molds and Price side by side with each other with Drew Bledsoe throwing them that ball. Yeah. It does make you wonder. Like, and I, I don't know how Bills fans feel about Peerless Price. Because maybe he wasn't here and had enough effect where you even think about like maybe he's that guy where because they sold I always measure I, I was yep yeah, go ahead go ahead no you said no I was I was gonna say like like I I, I remember I see the jerseys yeah. all the time yeah you see peerless price jerseys everywhere at least you did at the time you know like he was a, a big seller yeah like I, I I you're right like it'd be interesting to see what could have been if there was some consistency there and two really good. Uh, receiving options for someone like like a former first overall pick like Drew Bledsoe. But yeah, no, I don't know, man. Crazy. No, like I, I think back to like, I know people our age remember who Peerless Price is. Yeah. Like, I wonder if the Bills fan that's 25 to 30, if you said the name Peerless Price, if that would mean anything to them. Because the guy yeah. could play ball. Mm-hmm. The guy could play. It's just the years that he was supposed to be on top of his game, he spent away from the Bills not playing on top of his game because now he was the focal point. Eric Moulds wasn't there taking all that attention away. Yeah. No, for sure. I would like to have, I have a nominee for the weirdest Bills career of all time. Okay. Because we talked about some strange ones, position changes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Kiko Alonso. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Was he a third round pick? Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Okay. Has an amazing out of nowhere rookie season. The legend of Kiko Alonso. Massive fan favorite. Yeah. Huge impact player. An off-season training accident puts him out for the season his second year. Mm-hmm. And then he ends up going to Philadelphia in the LaShawn McCoy trade, and he never plays another down for the Bills ever again. Yeah. And again, he was beloved, beloved by Bills fans. Yeah. And not only does he end up bouncing around the league for the rest of his career, like one-year, two-year stops, he goes from beloved to absolutely despised mm. by Bills fans. Yeah. Because somehow he ends up with this dirtiest player in the league moniker, which I don't think is unearned. You remember when he decapitated Joe Flacco? Joe Flacco, yeah, no, he almost killed him. Yes. I thought his head came off inside that helmet when he... Any, <laughs> any, oh, time. no, I agree. Yeah, no. And, and uh, like, clearly sliding, like, just... You can't do that. Can't do that, buddy. Um, and then he took a lot of cheap shots toward Josh, too, yeah, if I yeah. recall. Yes, he When did. he played for the Dolphins. He absolutely did that. So, All, yeah, no. Also always wore the world's smallest shoulder pads. Yeah, he was. Uh, he's a big uh, uh, big pecs, and, uh, or rather big bicep guy. He was always uh, peeking out. But, I know muscle groups. 
<laughs> it was like he went to Dick's in 1992 and bought like one of those Hutch dress-up uniform sets, and okay. that's what he wore out onto the field. Like your your jersey and pads are clearly too small for the game that you're playing. I, uh, I I'm with you there, and and yes, I think he he developed quite the the dirty player you know persona. Uh, and even against Josh, like there were some unnecessary hits, but I still like, I don't think about the hits when I think about Kiko Alonso. I think about him having to try to spy Josh Allen when Josh was like peak running, you know, from the pocket and just like absolutely either taking terrible angles or just cannot keep up with them. There was like three or four drives, three or four, or three or four plays on a drive where like every single time, like Josh is just absolutely whizzing by Kiko Alonso and you see him try like it's almost like you can hear his internal monologue of like come on <laughs> the thing that will stand out to me forever and ever and ever with Kiko Alonso is the story that showed up going viral in the Bills parking lot mm. that a woman performed sexual favors in exchange for a Kiko Alonso jersey his rookie year yeah that that young woman does not understand the uh the diminishing return of any Bills or any uh, NFL jersey, I would say. Look, look, I'm not here to judge. I mean, it is a $100 jersey. And if you're going to do it anyway, why not get a Kiko jersey out of it? <laughs> Those are your words. No, I'm just saying. Like, I mean, look, if I'm, if I'm going to meet a nice boy, things are going to happen. I could walk out of here with a Kiko jersey or without a Kiko jersey. Not a shining moment for Bills Mafia at that point. You can also make an argument if Kiko's career is not the weirdest one in Buffalo. And again, he's drafted, so I think it hits differently. Joe Webb, you remember Joe Webb? JW3. Okay. Wide receiver who ends up going in for an injured Nate Peterman to play quarterback in the snow game versus the Colts. Now, Joe Webb was drafted or brought into the league as a quarterback initially, made the transition to play wide receiver, and shows up in Buffalo as a strict wide receiver. Mm -hmm. But Sean McDermott loves his multi-tool guys, so he fits right into that whole idea. For sure. Save a roster spot, honestly. Yeah, well, I mean, but that's why he does yeah, it. For sure. Joe Webb gets them an overtime win in five feet of snow in Orchard Park. And if I'm not mistaken, that is the only game the Bills ever won that Nate Peterman started. Interesting. Nate, Nate Peter was knocked out of that yeah, game, and yeah, Joe yeah. Webb was dressed as the second quarterback. And then it was amazing. Everybody was celebrating Joe Webb, and just like that, he was yeah. gone. He was Dude, gone. Okay, who is celebrating Joe Webb? Because I distinctly remember when when the Bills got their go-ahead field goal, whatever it was, you know, we, we were winning. He threw, and I understand there was like a 1,000 feet of snow on the ground. It was terrible conditions. He threw the worst ball I have ever seen. He's thrown. a wide receiver. Of course, but he had played a whole half of football, and he threw that dime to who? Deontay Thompson? Oh, I don't remember. I can't Like, absolute dime down the field, like, j jumping catch, like, amazing play. And then he throws an, an absolute quacking in the air duck, like, right to the Colts' uh, defensive back. And then they got it like at their own 30 or at, at Buffalo's 30. Are you upset with a wide receiver who was put in a quarterback after Nate Peterman was knocked out of the game in five feet of snow? Throw the ball away. Live to play another day. You've played the game up to that point. That's a that's a dumb, dumb decision right there. You're you're yelling at they won. Of course they won. That I mean, game they, put them in the playoffs, but when, bro. But when, yeah, it really did. But when you're saying, like, everyone's celebrating Joe, Joe Webb. Webb I third, Joe Webb. I do, too. Don't get me wrong. I have nothing but love and appreciation for Joe Webb. But that was a bonehead play. You're yelling at Joe Webb for a play that he made as a quarterback that he wasn't supposed to be playing as in five feet of snow I'm, six years ago. I'm justifying, or rather, I'm, I'm, I'm justifiably criticizing him for a poor play that he made. 
You're out of your mind. No, I'm not. He's out of his mind for throwing that ball. That game goes down in history as one of the you-had-to-be-there games, Bills Mafia, nine feet of snow. For sure. It was one of those things that just showed up out of nowhere. It was a flash snowstorm, complete freak. As we said, the weather the last couple of weeks in Orchard Park has been insane, and it looks like that's going to continue Saturday night in primetime versus Ooh. the Dolphins. So if you got to stay warm in that stadium, everyone's got their way to do it. Mm-hmm. We'll get into it next. It's Let's Go Duffalo on the Odyssey app. Where you can get your podcast. You're not recording. No, you're not recording. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> what you hear now is a man panicking because he, once again, as he does every week, forgot he needs to come up with what makes it's him sad. It's not true. It's, what not, you, true. it's not true. It's not true. I'll give you the context. You're lying. No, I'm not. So let's go Duffalo, the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast. I'm Pat Duffy. His name is Ryan Duffy. He literally has one job every week. One job. All he has to do. To show up and be funny. No, come up with. Well, what are you going to start doing with that? <laughs> come up with one thing from the past seven days that has made you sad. And let me give you a little behind the scenes here. We're in my home studio. Yeah. I have added gold records i'm very excited about this love it okay uh every time we get into the third segment of the show where we do what's making ryan sad he goes oh 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 crap oh oh i'm gonna record no and what you heard in the beginning of this was Ryan going no 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 thinking that was gonna keep me from recording like i needed <laughs> to be absolutely professional okay so first of all that has happened one that time. That happens every week. It have it's absolutely does not happen every week. You are you are, are you are a liar. Oh, so you're prepared? I am I am prepared. Let's find out what's making right said. Well <laughs> The reason for the delay that I had uh-huh. was I get sad at a lot of things. I get sad when People that I depend on and care about their well-being and performance uh-huh. on the field yeah. don't show up. For example. For example, what I was going to say as making me sad was that I felt like Gabriel Davis, again, continued to play poorly as he has throughout the last couple stretch games. Mm-hmm. Prior to you hitting the record button, I just said, you know what? Let me just be a little bit prepared Mm -hmm. and take a look at his stat line. And I see that he went three for four. Yes, it was one of his most consistent games of the season. For 41 yards. Yes. No, it wasn't 31 31 yards. Excuse me, 31 yards. Three for four for 31. Now, that's at that point, what? 10 yards catch, right? (laughs) On average, three for four, 31. Yeah. That's not terrible. No, it's not, especially considering the elements and what else everybody did that day. He was a couple yards off a step. But here's, but hang on, here's where I'm going to switch a ruin on you and make it make you think that I wasn't prepared. Gabriel Davis is uh, is is capable of so much more than three for four in 31 yards. Okay, he's capable of so much more, and I'll tell you exactly why I said that. I knew that he was going to be making me sad this week. The one in, or I should say, the one uh, target that he did not, you know, make a completion on mm-hmm. was an absolutely toe tappable. Ca- and actually, actually, as I say that out loud, I think they ended up giving them that catch now. Because they called it incomplete. Yeah, no, I was wrong there. Whoopsie doodle. Hand up on my you part. You are literally the worst. No, I'm not. I'm actually the best. He, 
it it was called incomplete on the field. Yeah, no, we all saw the game. Yeah, I was. We all saw the game. You know what's making me sad? Tony Romo for making me remember or think rather that that was an incompletion. And then as my as I started to work, you have literally one job every week. Yeah, a single job. You know what's making me sad? Hit the music. Well, I'm not prepared for this show. So that's my bad. Okay. Can I give you a little radio tip before we get into the other part we're going to talk no, about? No, but you're going to give it anyway. Yes, I am. Because, you know, I've been doing this uh, for a long time now. Oh, God, enlighten me. And you're brand new. Working for gift cards. <laughs> the only thing worse than being unprepared yep. is being long-winded, thinking that's covering you for being unprepared. See, the thing with back and down. Well, yeah, well, you know, I'm going to go with that. Hey, man, you, you have... Know, I like you a lot. <laughs> Um, well, that's your opinion. No, you know? it's a fact. It's that's, a legitimate listener fact that everybody was like, okay, what's he going to say? And you just talked for nothing for like three minutes. That's not true. And, and you know what? You do you. You know what? You go ahead See, and drive again, the you're show. You're just saying words that aren't things. You go ahead and drive the show. I'm just a passenger here, apparently. Yeah. So, Read the map. Also, Give me directions. Also makes me sad. Shut up. Weather has become an issue for the Bills this year. Whether <laughs> you like it or not, you're welcome. You have the Browns game getting moved to Detroit. Yeah. You have the gross weather Sunday for the Jets. And it looks like the forecast for Miami is going to be cold. And I saw somewhere that they're expecting seven inches of snow. But again, it's so many days out. Who the heck knows at this point? For sure. So, yet, tickets for the Jets game were still expensive. Tickets for this primetime Miami game are ridiculously expensive. Of course. And we all know weather does not keep Bills fans away. Never. However... Folks take very different approaches to staying warm while at Highmark or the Ralph or the Rich Stadium, whatever. The cap. Okay. <laughs> Snow and 20-degree weather on Saturday, Ryan. If you are going to that game, what are you wearing to stay warm? What am I wearing to stay warm? Is so there first, an echo in here? No, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just validating your question, and, and I'm going to answer it for you. Um, I'm going a, a dry-fit long sleeve okay. as my bottom layer. Gotcha. I'm going uh, T-shirt over that T-shirt. Okay, here's let's talk about this. Yeah, well, yeah, what? Go ahead, because you got me mad now. You're criticizing my uh, my cr- podcasting abilities. You so don't you go know ahead what you're do. doing. You're literally, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm answering the stupid question that you posed to me. You go dry turtleneck base layer. Yeah, and then a T-shirt over that. Yeah, for sure. Why? I'll tell you exactly why. Because my freshman year high school football coach, Coach Brooks told me very specifically you want to have a a dry fit first layer to soak up any type of of like moisture coming from your body heat uh-huh. so that it doesn't permeate to the rest of your clothes then you have some but you that cannot be your only base layer you have to have a, a cotton shirt over that mm-hmm. and what i was going to say after that hold on real quick that man that gave you that advice yeah. also told me at one point that we shouldn't have water during practices because it toughens us up well sorry so take that for what it's worth take a salt tablet um, so yeah, and then after that, depending on the cold, if you're talking 20 degrees, I'm going to go hoodie over that. And then I'm going to go winter jacket. Okay. So you're going base layer, t-shirt, hoodie, winter jacket all day, every day. What are we doing downstairs? Um, I would probably just go like a snow pant. You know, if you have a ski pant, something like that, I have a nice, uh, bills pair that I, that have become my de facto cold weather pant. Okay. So fleece line, you know, dry fit outside. All right, that's the wrong, all of that's the wrong answer. That's not the wrong answer at all. All right. I'm a layers guy. Okay. I, I don't want a bulky coat. I don't want bulky pants. Sure. I don't like being restricted. Of course not. So you I'll, need to move like the gazelle that you are. So I'll go like super tight, 
warm turtleneck thing so everyone can see what's working dry fit then i'll go like looser warm fit under under over that i'm still cool okay. then i'll go like thick like uh ribbed shirt over that then i'll go hoodie a waffle tea you're talking yep. and okay. then i'll go hoodie and then i'm good to go that'll keep me warm throughout the game okay great have fun being wet on the outside and wet on the inside so that the only thing dry is is possibly that waffle knit shirt that if you it's have gonna on. be a wet snow i'll put like a clear poncho over so you can still clearly see the jersey over my hoodie you're clear poncho guy i'm gonna be clear poncho guy i'd much rather wear a clear poncho than big ass bulky winter coat everyone knows that the proper play when it's wind rain is the hat that has the umbrella on top of it that you wear into the stadium everybody knows this you've been going to games for 25 years i can't believe you didn't pull, pull that one out by the way how do you not don't you get overheated when you wear the winter coat because like i get overheated with the winter coat and all that other stuff yes and what i'll generally do is like i may not wear the coat in the parking lot you know wow i mean no because like you're moving around you're you know usually you know drinking you know you have a fire there and stuff like that like i want to save the coat for when i'm in the stadium and it's like you know what 14 minutes left in the second quarter and i'm like oh wait there's still a long game like the buzz is worn off a little bit and uh you can't it's a little bit more restricting you can't move around your toes are starting to get cold on the concrete it's like all right we gotta prepare a little bit no the beer sweater is the best way to go i mean you have to keep a constant buzz on yeah if you're gonna stay warm and i don't want to see tweets from you people going oh that's actually unhealthy yeah i know all of this it is actually unhealthy. makes you colder. Shut up, nerd. Yes, yeah, so I feel very warm right now. I'm going to keep drinking beers. I feel warm from the inside. It's permeating out right. my warmth. Do you feel my warmth? Shut up. And I'm a war- much warmer person when I'm around all my friends in the uh, in the stadium, too, making friends with all my, uh, my witty comments while drinking. So here's the thing. Uh, there's a big-time key to all of you folks that don't do this on a normal basis to keeping warm throughout the game. And you have to time it out just right if you're going to do it. You brought up the fire pit yeah. in the tailgate lot. Yep. All right, so hanging out around the fire pit in the tailgate lot, key, clutch move. Totally. You're going to keep you warm. However, can't get too close because you're going to melt your winter gloves. Yeah. Yep. Done that a couple of times. Sure. Or your boots. So from the pit, you have about 15 minutes to get in line and inside the stadium. Now, sometimes that doesn't work out well because the line gets long. Yeah. But if you can get inside the stadium in 15 minutes, that beer sweater warmth from the fire you have, it's going to stay with you. Mm-hmm. You will stay warm till you're inside the walls, the conkles of the stadium. And here's the thing. You talked about getting getting cold while sitting out. The, I feel the opposite. Like, once all the bodies are in the stadium, it goes up like 10 degrees. I completely disagree with the you. The mass of people keeps you warm. Okay. You really? You don't? You, <laughs> no, I don't think that at do all. Do people try and stay away from you? I inside? think you need to give. I think you need to adhere to some personal space standards of the people There's, that you sit next to. There are seventy-two thousand people literally on top of each other. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Fair enough. If you're talking through the concles, or other people call it the concourse Conco- of the well, of the concles of the, you've of the of stadium, maybe then I could see there everyone's hot breath is just warming up everyone. Oh, God. No, I'm serious. Like, when I get into the game, I'll take my coat off. I, that's how warm it is around everybody else. It's simple science. Sure. No, okay. it is. It's an open-air stadium. Heat rises. What I are you talking about? I that it rises, but everybody is literally heating each other, standing next to each other. It's like when you get in bed with your wife and you're laying next to each other, you both get hot. Under a blanket? Well, even not under a blanket. <laughs> under a blanket. Crazy. You're Bro, right. it's science. Whatever. Okay, fine. Agree to disagree. No, that's, you can't disagree with science. Then get a scientist on here and explain to me how what you're saying how is... How multiple is, bodies that are all warm being together would warm all the other bodies? That's it, why when you get stranded, you're supposed to huddle together for warmth. Okay. Am I wrong? Sure. 
No, you're not wrong at all. You're absolutely right. Tell me how I'm wrong. You're not wrong. Okay. I just said you were right. You do this. No, no, man. Good, uh, good analysis. I don't want to argue. Okay, this isn't that kind of podcast. This isn't like a hot take podcast. Okay. I don't want this negative energy. You know what I'm afraid of? I'm actually afraid of the bills. The bills scare me. Please, you drive me crazy. This, uh, we're actually at the part of the show every single week where you have driven me crazy. Okay, well, first of all, come prepared. Second of all, don't argue science. <laughs> Two very simple rules, and let's go duffalo. Right, my my experiences have been different. That's all I'm saying. Thoughts on guys with no shirts? Uh, it's a little try hard, but, you know, you're trying to get on CBS. More power to you. So you say more stupid than tough? Um, yeah. I'm at the point in my life where I think it's stupid. However, when I was younger, I would have thought to myself, like, look at this tough guy. Did you ever go shirtless inside the stadium? No. 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 I did pull up my shirt one time and did, like, the belly roll <laughs> when I was in fourth grade, actually. I hit with my dad. Took a, it got on the jumbotron, mm-hmm. and my dad took a picture of my brother exposing his midsection and rolling his big old belly yeah. on the jumbotron. That was a fun memory. He also you had the, and, and this is before digital cameras, so he had to take that <laughs> that disposable, uh, you know, camera that Kodak disposable camera to like Eckerd or like Row or whatever, and like. Get that developed. Some poor guy who is now entirely out of a job <laughs> had to develop that negative and be like, what is this? As it's like sitting in the solution, like very, it's coming to light. It's like, is that a, a young child exposing his, his belly to a jumbotron of 73,000 people? And here's the thing about my dad. He was the guy that took pictures, a, t- a thousand pictures before cell phones. You know, like everybody takes a thousand pictures now, but they're free. Yeah. He would take a thousand pictures with like rolls of film. So <laughs> that man developed like 17 shots of you exposing your belly button yeah. in all different rolled positions on yeah. the jumbotron at the stadium. If uh, you could have, if you put it together one by one, it could have been a nice footbook. <laughs> or get you a felony charge. <laughs> right. You know, uh, some that bothers me about the shirtless guy skinny guys that do the shirtless thing inside the stadium yeah i'm with you it's not the same no it's not you need to be a big old fat guy or nobody's impressed yeah you got to be a little bit of uh i mean the big old fat guy is always a, a hearty chuckle don't get me wrong well no but that's why you do it like, of course that, but but I was, like, that man has no shirt on he should have a shirt on because it's cold and because nobody really wants to see that but because we're here and he's painted his chest in a certain color we're all enjoying but i also think too like if you're even if you're a little dad body post dad body I think bodish, I'll say. Mm-hmm. I think that still plays. No, but it all. But I think at that point you have to have the chest hair factor going. Well, in. then how do you paint your chest? I, you or you? Yeah, at that point you got to shave in. Okay, to all your right. chest. All right, hair. so all right. Let's. This is what it's got to be then. If you're doing just dad bod, mm-hmm. you have to have a Bills logo shaved into your chest hair. There, I'll meet you there. I'm gonna say that you have to be at minimum. 270 pounds to take your shirt off at 270? a cold game. 270? I'm sorry. Oh, wow. I was going to say 240. No, because you could be 6'2", 240. And, like, it's, you know, it's still dad bod, dad bod time. Fair enough. Right? Okay. Like, I need I need minimum. Like, in fact, if you're going to come in without a shirt on at a Bills game, I would like a scale to make sure that you have reached the point where everybody's going to enjoy it with your shirt off. Okay. All right. Now, can you meet me a little bit here? Where's that? Guy with no shirt on in the stadium. Yeah. Respect, uh, I, I, assuming that it meets the parameters that we just laid out. Mm-hmm. Guy walking into the stadium, no shirt on, mm-hmm. no respect. I don't, I don't see that. Like, I, I, I think that if you're gonna go no shirt, you gotta pop that baby off during the game. No, you walking into the stadium with no shirt doesn't do it for me. That I think is just reckless. No, I mean that's commitment though. He's committing to the I, lack of shirt. Agree to disagree. And here we are again. You're not willing to meet me. In well, the no. Middle. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. 
If you're shirtless, you've be, you've got a hell of a beer sweater on. You've been drinking all day. I pop my top off inside the stadium. I'm leaving that shirt there. I'm mm. going to forget that shirt. Well, I'm, yeah, all right. I've been drinking on. I'm going to keep drinking to stay warm. You probably have some sort of whiskey you've snuck in the stadium in some way. There will be tiny plastic bottles of Fireball at your feet by the time the game's <laughs> over. You are leaving your shirt in the stadium. Well, all right. So then maybe my thing, not maybe, I just don't want to be in that muddle huddle of yeah, an okay. entry line That's gross. with some you know guy in a, in a beanie, sunglasses, and no shirt on. Well, but here's the thing. If it's 20 degrees out, he's not going to be sweating in any way. Sure, but still, I just don't want to see it. Okay. You know, That's just me. It's funny, too, like what you're allowed to, what you used to be allowed to do to stay warm versus what you're allowed to stay warm now mm. inside that st- uh, stadium. Because you can't bring anything inside the stadium anymore. No, not at all. Which I get. I don't want to Of die. course. So yeah, fun. no, totally. I'm in. But like we brought the beer sweater up. Like back in the day, you were allowed to bring soda into the stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, so my dad, being the genius that he is, of course, uh, he, would em- he would buy a two liter of ginger ale. He would empty the ginger ale, and what was it? Was it a whole six-pack fit in one of those giant oh, ginger yeah. ale bottles? Yeah, I think you're right. So he would bring a six-pack of beer in in a ginger ale bottle, buy one beer, get the cup, and then proceed. Now, he, his seats are the front row of the end zone of the stadium, so he would proceed to fill up the cup, like hiding it to stay warm the whole game. <laughs> he, would, he would make his children carry like a giant container of beer in a ginger ale thing to stay warm. <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do. You know what's funny too? Like this is bringing back a lot of memories for me as a kid of like what you could bring into the stadium. Mm-hmm. And and I remember like there were times where you could bring in food to the stadium. Like oh, no yeah, issue. So that's, right. that's how he would also bring in his uh, ginger ale. I remember being a kid, you know, grammar school age, sitting down in, in our dad's seats and there were Canadians next to us that had the seats on the other side. And I remember at some point during the game, you know, like they pull out this cooler and they start handing out like these chicken sandwiches to everybody. And like, there's like, there's a, there's so many of them. They just came to everyone in their crew, all this stuff. And I just keep thinking to myself, I don't know why I just thought I was going to get a sandwich. Like I thought they were going to be like, do you want, here's yours. Never met these people. Okay. And, and my dad's chatting them up and all this stuff. No sandwich for Ryan. And, and, and the, the betrayal that I felt at that age, like, of course, as an adult now, I'm like, of course, they, they're not bringing me a sandwich. They're not bringing an extra and offering me a sandwich. But at the time, like, I felt very, very upset. I was like, you're telling me you brought all these sandwiches for everyone and you don't have any for anyone else around here? We should change the name of this podcast to No Sandwich for Ryan. <laughs> it's terribly, terribly heartbreaking. For a kid who thinks he's going to get a sandwich and then doesn't get a sandwich. The reason I bring up the whole bringing things into the stadium to stay warm is because one of the most horrific moments of my life happened with my dad, our dad, trying to keep us warm in the stadium. Okay. It was the last game of the season. We were playing the Houston Oilers. Mm -hmm. One of his buddies bailed because it was so cold. Mm -hmm. So I get the call, 7 in the morning, wake up, we're going. All right, great. So I'm like 10, 11 years old. Next man up. Maybe a little younger, younger. So... I'm in all of my warm stuff, ready to go, all excited. We're going down in my dad's buddy's RV. Back in the day, now you can't bring a lighter in the stadium anymore. No. However, you were allowed to bring personal propane heaters into the stadium. What? Do you remember this? No. So my dad had, it was a propane tank, one of the little ones for like a grill. Yeah, like the green one. Yeah, and on top, you screwed on this like thing, and it ran a heater out of the top of it. Yeah, yeah. So 
My dad's like, we got it under control. I'm going to keep us all warm. So I got my snow pants on and we're watching a game. Do, 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 do. And I'm like, wow. I know where this is going. I'm like, wow, this is really hot. And I'm like, what the hell is that? My snow pants were melting into my jeans. Like, oh, wow. we're like liquid pants. Wow. Like running. Thank God I had jeans on. Yeah. Because if it didn't, I would have permanent snow pants in my leg. Yikes. And that was the day that my dad learned that we had to turn the heater against the cement wall so it didn't catch anybody on fire. Like, I was the guinea pig where my leg almost caught on fire at the Bills game, but it just, it boggles my mind. He's got his notepad taking notes. Interesting. (laughs) But, like, bro, that's a bomb. Yeah. That's a mini bomb. That's that's absolutely a bomb. And you were allowed to bring it. My dad had that melting his children's pants inside a stadium to stay warm. Different different times back then, man. Speaking of cold rivalries, Bills got revenge on their mind for a third, no, second week in a row. Excuse me, second week in a row. Woo! Dolphins come to town, and wouldn't you know it, things have worked out the way that one very handsome bearded man has been saying for the last three weeks. I don't have a beard. We'll get into it next. Let's go Duffalo, the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast. to town. Bring it. Old two of the boys coming up to Orchard Park to get a little dose of ass whooping. I cannot wait. You and me both, man. It's Let's Go Duffalo on the Odyssey app where you get your podcast. Uh, like, subscribe, get, leave us a comment. Tell Ryan he's pretty. Sure. He's not. Whatever. That, completely subjective. Eh. Okay. It's revenge time. And it's revenge time on a national scale. Your Buffalo Bills take on the Miami Dolphins in prime time. Prime time. NFL Network, the third game of a triple header all day long, baby. I'm not getting up the cou- off the couch all day. How is that different than any other Saturday? <laughs> Good point. 8.15 p.m. kickoff, and we've got a weather report now. Oh, bring it in. Quite exciting. <laughs> uh, as of now, we tape this on we tape, we tape this on a Monday, 17 degrees at kickoff. Nice. And a uh, 60% chance of snow. Nice. I saw a report today that there could be seven inches of snow. However, it's kind of hard to predict from like mm-hmm. six days in advance. So, But the bottom line is this. It's going to be miserable for the Miami Dolphins. You think the Dolphins are going to be ready for 17-degree weather? Because I saw a report that they had heaters on the sideline in Los Angeles. <laughs> He's not wrong. Uh, the game on Sunday night in prime time, which the Dolphins lost to the Chargers, it was 55 degrees, and it's technically an open-air stadium, but it's not really an open-air stadium. Mm-hmm. It's, it's essentially a dome. And they had heaters at 55 degrees on the sideline. It's 20 degrees above freezing, and you have artificial heat there for you? Yep. Get out of here. I'm with you 100%. Come on, like, dude. When I saw that story this morning, I was like, oh, I can't wait. I like The weather aside, like, come on, man. Really? I, Tua has played his worst games of his career. And I know it's hard to compare Tua this year to sure. Tua of the past, sure. right? of course. And, you know, you shouldn't go back Tua years ago. <laughs> Stupid. You, of all people. <laughs> but whenever he plays in cold weather in Buffalo, he's a complete disaster. Yeah. He's been a complete disaster. Mm-hmm. And let's be real, man. He's actually been a complete disaster the last two weeks playing on the West Coast. He is, yeah, he's uh, he's put up some poor performances. Well, against one, uh, the first one I think was like, you know, you're playing the Niners, great defense, number one defense in the NFL. Mm-hmm. 
okay, sure. You know, fluke's a fluke. The last night, though, or on, on Sunday night, though, I don't know, man. Aside from that, <laughs> that completely gift-wrapped 60-yard touchdown Scoop to Tyreek Hill. Oh, that, too. But also, too, the, oh. the, where, where the defender literally tripped on. Fell down, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, not a not a great showing by by Tua Tagovailoa. So uh, the last three weeks, at least before two weeks ago, uh, this was a game for the AFC crown, AFC East crown, yeah. right? Bills, Dolphins, whoever wins this game has got the inside track. Mm-hmm. The Dolphins, a dominant team, Super Bowl bound, well on their five game win streak. The only problem was, and I brought this up every week, they're playing garbage teams. Mm. They were playing garbage teams. Two straight losses on the West Coast, and someone called that. Mm. Someone said three weeks ago, that he believes the Dolphins were going to lose three straight games. I don't recall me saying that. Niners, loss. Chargers, loss. Mm. What do you think happens in Orchard Park on Saturday night? I mean, West Coast, two losses, East Coast, I don't know. On a short week, you have to go back to Miami, which is a long flight after a loss. Mm Mm-hmm. De- defrost after the 54 degrees that you had to, uh, you know, be be subjected to on the sideline. You got a short week of practice, and you have to fly up into the blistering cold mm-hmm. to play not only in front of Bill's Mafia, who are out for blood, straight oh, up out for blood. Oh, yeah. You have to also do it in front of a national television audience for a second week in a row after America watched you get your ass handed to you by the Chargers. Char- I, I, yeah, okay, fair enough. Chargers are, you know, your record is what it is, but, like, unpredictable team. They can bring it. They Sometimes they leave it at home. Didn't I also say that to you last week and you were like, meh? I, I just thought on paper, the, and I still think that on paper the, the Dolphins are a better team. Mm-hmm. But, well, they don't um, play games on paper, Ryan. They play games in the field. Oh, man, gosh. Oh my gosh! Okay, what do they not? I mean, it's a fact. No, they do. They absolutely do. I think you can make the argument after the last two weeks that defensive coordinators have figured out how to stop this offense. In fact, Hmm. I think you can make the argument that Leslie Frazier, Bills' defensive coordinator, was the first one to figure out how to stop this offense because the Bills, in their first matchup, held the Dolphins to twenty-one points, missing half of their defense. Both Poyer, Hyde, out for that game. Did Milano play? Yes, he did because he knocked two he knocked out. Two out okay, yeah. so yeah. But the point with his, with his back injury. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Coach Skateboard isn't the genius that everyone thought he was. Hmm. Maybe not. Maybe not. They what, did what, win what five. What is this? They did win five. They went on a five-game win streak after. Pull up the schedule. Pull it up. I want you to read. Roll your eyes at me all you want. I've been screaming for the last seven weeks that it's Paper Tiger, man, that they're not that good. They don't play the papers on the Tiger. They play it on the field. They're stupid. They play the... Well, no, I just hate this whole, you know, if you look them, you're like, you're arguing, looking up what the record is and who they've played, when your argument a second ago was on paper, the Dolphins are a good team. So... Give me the five straight wins. Give me the five-game win streak. Steelers. Oh. Lions. Wow. Bears. <laughs> you ready for the last one? Yeah. Do you know who the last one is? The last win? Yeah. Of that of that stretch. I'm forgetting. The Texans. Wow. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. And and to support your argument because I'm a nice guy. This is pre Lions turning it on Lions. Absolutely. Um, this is, uh, and played them close. Don't get me wrong. The Bills played the Lions close too, but 31-27. Yep. Beat the Steelers by six points. Mm-hmm. 
um, beat the Bears by three points sure. and then blew the doors off the Browns uh-huh. uh, and beat and doubled up on the Texans 30 to 15. Okay, yeah. So what were you saying? Um. So, yeah, okay. If you play a decent football team, yeah. the Dolphins are neutralized. So I don't think necessarily I agree with your point on the Bills defense giving the uh, template on how to beat the Dolphins offense, but I will not disagree with you that they had that that five game stretch was pretty um, lackluster of opponent. Okay, that is the most polite thing you've ever said. Thank you. No, like that. That was the understatement. This lackluster of an opponent. Did they? Who had a winning record in there? Did anybody? Um, no, no, no. Nope. So they they won five straight games against teams with losing records, and that's losing fine. Records. You can only play who they put against you, but don't. Where did all of this Super Bowl hype come from? When you're getting out of five games against one uh, under five hundred teams, and four of them you were in one possession games with them. Yeah. So yeah, fair up. enough. Yeah, I mean, all of that aside, I don't care about the the Dolphins' past opponents other than the Bills. I don't care about any of that. I have been waiting for this game since week three. I want the Dolphins, we said it last week, I want the Dolphins in Orchard Park so badly, I can't even express to you how excited I am. I don't care how, how the game unfolds. I want to see them in Orchard Park, and I want the Bills defense to absolutely put the the worst hurt lock on Tua Tagovailoa and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell and every one of their uh, their offensive players I'm so badly. I'm with you. The Bills shouldn't plow that sideline. I'm not even kidding. Why would you? Is there a rule that you have to plow the sideline? That's a good point. I don't know. I don't well, know. Because, I mean, look, when the Bills went down to Miami, their big thing is we don't put everybody's got shade over them except for the opponent's sideline. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you saw what happened with the Heat and the sure. Bills, that 90 yeah. yard drive. It cost them the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go stand in your boots. Put your booties on. Yeah. Two of booties for you. How do you like me now? I, I don't know. I think we should plow their sideline and then completely plow them into the ground oh, after that. Wow. Wow. What? You're still so new at this. That works perfectly. It does not work so perfectly. Things have gotten so bad for the Dolphins. Now, keep in mind, two weeks ago, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. they were first in the AFC East and a very trendy Super Bowl pick. Yep. And Tua Tungavailoa, two weeks ago, was shooting up the boards of MVP favorites. Some sportsbooks had him as the favorite to win MVP. Sunday night, Tua Tungavailoa threw for fewer yards then Josh Allen's 147 in a snowstorm in Orchard Park. Interesting. In Los Angeles against a middle-of-the-road Chargers defense. It's an open-air stadium, man. There's wind coming in from the top corner. They kept showing it on the broadcast. That had... See the wind, the, the flags moving on top of the, the uprights? All of their defensive backs missing. Yeah. You scored 14 offensive points. One, as you mentioned, somebody fell down. The other one, Tariq Hill, picked up a fumble, and everyone thought the play was over, and he yeah. scored on that. That is how you scored your offensive points last. That was a hell of a play. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, that's crazy, but still. Okay. Things have gotten so bad for the Dolphins that even if they find a way to beat Buffalo on Saturday night, Mm -hmm. there's still a game back of the Bills for the AFC East. Yeah, you don't control your destiny as far as the division's concerned. I think, like, at this point, like, they're at, what, nine wins right now? Eight wins. They're at eight, yeah. They're at eight. And they have the the Patriots yet to play. They have to play the Jets again, Um, you know, there's there's a chance that they can get to ten wins, but I don't think ten wins is a guaranteed uh, playoff spot in the AFC this year. So that's the other problem. Uh, if the Dolphins don't find a way to beat the Bills on Saturday night, and I think every everyone knows where we stand on this, yeah, 
if you play 500 ball the rest of the season, you could miss the playoffs. Yeah. And you look at now they have two more divisional games. They have both the Jets and the Patriots. Yeah. Patriots, as we speak, are playing right now, so we don't know how that game works out. But it's possible by the end of the night, they're a game back of the Dolphins. The Jets are, as we speak right now, a game back of the Dolphins. And the Chargers just beat you head up. And, and they're a game back of you right now. And we're just another um and they play they play the Packers at home. But um, but just to to bring into the weather factor again, they play in Foxborough. Yeah. in the in week sixteen. Mm. So mm. or week seventeen. What are they? Are they in Miami for the Jets? They are in Miami for the Jets. Okay, yeah. I'm just saying, man. You could you, that be a last playoff spot uh, matchup? Yes, yes, it could. That'd be fun. Absolutely That'd be interesting. Could. Look, I would like to point out again. It was only a couple of years ago the Dolphins did something similar. Now, the offense wasn't as dominant, and they didn't have as many wins in a row. Or, mm. no, they did. Didn't they win, like, seven straight? Mm. Came in Orchard Park with a chance to make the playoffs, and the Bills beat them with their backups? Mm. Wasn't that the Matt Barkley game? That was the Matt Barkley game. The the Dolphins? Yes. I don't recall. All they had to do was beat the Bills' backups. Maybe they needed help, but they got the help they would have needed. I can't remember how it went out. But. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. And then, well, yeah, and they blew him up like yeah. like four, something like that. Matt Barkley had like four touchdowns. Isaiah McKenzie had like three. He returned one. He caught one, and he yeah, ran one. I think, I think Josh played the first half, if I recall. Maybe the first quarter. But, uh, yeah, no, I do remember that. They had to come in there and win, um, and the Bills absolutely dis- demolished them in Orchard Park. There's no guarantee that they beat the Patriots. Yeah. There's no guarantee that they beat the Jets. Mm-hmm. And if you lose, if the Dolphins lose this game to the Bills on Saturday night, you've now lost three straight at the worst possible time of your season. Yeah. And you have a coach with no experience that's got to try and figure out how to right this ship in what's going to be the worst weather conditions he's ever coached in in his career. But he's cool, bro. Is he cool? He's cool, bro. Man, I love watching. I love watching the look on his face when things go wrong. Because, like, it's easy to be a genius when things are going right. Of course. Right? Like, just, he looks like a deer in the headlights. Like, I'm watching the game the last, the two, the games the last two weeks. He's got nothing, and he knows he's got nothing. See, I don't, I, I disagree with you, but, I, but I'm still aligned with you in that, like, I don't think he doesn't know what he's doing. I don't think he cares as much. You know, like, and, and that I think is an endearing quality to some degree, you know, when, when things are, are going, you know, great. And it's like this flipping attitude where like you hear him mic'd up talking to two and all the other players, whatever the case, but when things don't go well and you have that carefree attitude, like, I think that could rub some people the wrong way. Well, all right. The bills are seven and a half point favorites as we tape this Monday night against the dolphins. In fact, they were, they were six and a half before the game last night. It's mm-hmm. moved a full point after the dolphins lost to the chargers. Interesting. The bills win by seven and a half. I think so. Yeah. You think it blow out? I don't. They're going to win by seven and a half. They're they're going to win by. And I think they'll win by two touchdowns. I mean, it's been a couple of weeks since an ass whooping. I mean, yeah. the Bills have not laid an ass whooping on anybody in and, a long time. And and again, like you, I think the Bills came in motivated to play the the Jets on Sunday. I and and the Jets have a good team. There's no doubt about it. I think that the the Dolphins are limping right now, and the Bills can smell blood in the water. Like, yeah, I think this could be a thwomping. Come. I want it so bad. And I don't, you know that I don't like to predict this kind of stuff. I really do think that like this could be, this could get ugly. And I don't think the bills are going to let up one bit. I, and I, and I, I wish that they don't. I wish, that they I don't. wish that they you don't. You want to English your second language? I, I wish w- they not do that, please. Primetime Saturday. I'll be there. I'll wave, me a, wave to you from the stadium. Please. Hi, Ryan. Hello. Hello. Let's go Duffalo, the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast. Like, subscribe, tell your friends. We appreciate it. And before we go, as always, 
Go Bills!